Some years ago, I was waiting to go out with my sister-in-law and she needed to hang out the washing first. And so we went out to her rotary dryer, kind of across um, four sides of washing line on a pole. And um, I'm a bit of a woman on a mission and, you know, whatever I set my heart to do, I do well and I do it fast. And so I'd already finished my side of the rotary line. We still had more washing to go. And so I thought rather than spin it, because she was still working on her side, I would step round the corner and carry on putting out washing. But as I stepped round the corner, I realised to my horror that I'd actually was starting to fall into their garden pond. And as I am falling backwards and losing my balance, my arms are flailing. And to my lips rose that ancient prayer. Oh God, oh God, help me. And I caught hold of something that restored my balance and I was saved. And I looked into my hand to see what it was that had pulled me back from the brink. And it was a pair of my brother-in-law's pants. And so I want to talk about my favourite verse in the Bible, and it is in Jude 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling. And I want to look at these this verse and also to others, to him who is able to keep you from falling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. And this word, able, he is able. To him who is able is the Greek word dynameno, which means to have power. We would get the words dynamo, dynamic, dynamism, and this is to have power, to him who has power to keep me from falling. And there are two other verses that particularly use that word in that way. And actually, they are all doxologies in the New Testament, which just means a hymn of praise used sometimes to end something or to punctuate a turning point in a letter. And the first place that we see now to him who is able is in Romans 16, 25. And I'm just going to pick up these three verses ending with my favorite, Jude 24. So Romans 16, 25, using that same Greek words. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past. Paul is ending his letter to the church in Rome. He is speaking to people who have been transformed by the gospel and whose lives demonstrate that transformation. He has been speaking to them by name and uh, also um, speaking to them about faith, that salvation comes by faith in Jesus Christ alone, and that that is um, the only way that people can be saved, God's saving work in Christ Jesus. And that here he is at the end of this letter, and he is saying that God has the power. God is able 
to establish or make firm these Christians in the faith. This whole letter is about being saved by faith. As J.I. Packer says, God saves sinners. He is able to establish you, to make you firm. Psalm 40 verse 2 says, He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. The letter to the church in Rome made clear that we cannot help ourselves. Whether we are religious people or people who know nothing about religion but see God at work in creation, in ourselves, it is as if we are drowning in a bog. All our goodness, all our attempts at moral rightness can do nothing. It can do nothing to save us. God himself came down in the person of Jesus Christ and reached down and took hold of us and gave us a firm place to stand. God saves sinners. Tim Keller says that the gospel is not done by us, but done for us. He is able. He is able to establish us in faith in God. He is able to save us from our own wrongdoing and from death. He is able to give us a firm place to stand in the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And we are saved by faith in Jesus alone. The next verse that has this same Greek phrase, he is able or he has the power, is Ephesians 3, 18. Although Jude 24 is my favorite verse, this is another favorite. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And this verse I'll often use as a shortcut. You know, I might be um, praying with someone for an impossible situation. Um, I might be um, actually being thankful with someone else who has seen God answer an impossible situation. And I'll often say, wow, that's immeasurably more. Or he is able to do immeasurably more. But if we look at the context of this verse, which is, again, a hymn of praise, a doxology, but this time in the middle of Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. And it's almost that like he's built up a whole half with truth um, that he has been telling to the church. And then he moves on to application. And this hymn of praise punctuates it. The truth that Paul is writing about is God's lavish grace in our adoption into being children of God through the saving power of Jesus and our inheritance. And that in Jesus, this adoption and inheritance is immeasurably more. Only the verses beforehand, he is extolling the height, the breadth, the depth, and the length of God's love. 
This is what is immeasurably more. He is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. The gospel addresses our greatest needs and brings change and transformation to every area of life. And so just as we cannot save ourselves, we cannot make ourselves into children of God. It's all the work of Jesus. Nor can we pull out of inside ourselves or manifest and imagine ourselves the inheritance that lies before us as the children of God. It is all done for us by Jesus and through faith in Jesus. But the gospel doesn't stay alone. There's this beautiful transformative work into every area of our lives. And I love seeing that that tension, almost that uncomfortable tension. We see um, Hebrews 10, um, 14. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. What a beautiful promise. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promises is faithful. Hebrews 7, 25. He is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. 2 Timothy 1, verse 12. I know whom I have believed And I'm convinced that he is able to guard that which I've entrusted to him until that day. And these truths that Jesus is able, he has done it all to affect our salvation, our inheritance, our adoption. But also look at some of these verses. Philippians 3.13, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And here we have that beautiful tension of the gospel where it has, Jesus has achieved it all for us, but also that beautiful transformed lives that come out of the changing work of Jesus. But you know, even as we see that tension, the central truth is that Jesus has done it all. Whether it is saving grace or sanctifying grace, where we are being made into the likeness of Jesus day by day. The central truth is that Jesus does it all. It is only through him through the work of the Holy Spirit, that we get to be transformed from glory to glory and that we get to be saved in the first place. And that brings me to my favourite verse, Jude 24. And I'm going to read it again to you. To him who is able to keep you from falling, and some versions say stumbling, and to present you before his glorious presence without faults and with great joy. To him who is able, to him who has the power. And what Jude in his short letter was dealing with 
was false teaching. False teaching that was leading the young church into liberalism, where God's law didn't matter. Um, Also immoral behavior and rebellion. And he was writing to put things right. And this hymn of praise, this doxology, is at the end of his letter. And essentially it means, you know, to him who is able to keep you from falling into error, to falling into being duped by these false teachers, falling into rebellion. But I want to apply it to us today as so much more, as immeasurably more. And I want to say that he is able. He is able to keep us from falling, yes, into error, into losing our way. He is able to keep us from falling into unbelief and apathy. He is able to help us finish well, to run towards the prize that has been set for us heavenward in Christ Jesus. He is able to keep us going in the hardest of circumstances. He is able to keep us from falling into despair. He is able to keep us from falling into sin. And by, you know, by this, I don't mean, uh, you know, those, those sins where we, we mess up and the Holy Spirit puts us right and brings us back in. Um, but I, you know, I mean um, sin that is deliberate and ongoing. He is able. He is able to help you when you are tempted. He is able to bring out in you the righteousness of Christ. It's the work of his Holy Spirit in bringing out in you the beautiful fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He is able to do that in you. Even when you think you're going round in circles, he is able to help you persevere and to keep you from falling. And when I have been at my most anxious and my most desperate, I have turned this verse like Celtic Christians did many centuries before. I've turned it into a breath prayer. And in the darkest night and the most difficult day, my heart cries out, you are able, you are able. And in that breath prayer is trust in the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God and the saving power of Jesus, that his death on the cross is enough to save sinners and enough to enable us to walk in victory and to live transformed lives to the glory of God. He is able. And this prayer and this verse is like a clear bugle call into your life today. 
And you might have never known that Jesus is the one who is able to save you out of the bog and put you on a firm place to stand. And you might need to know today, even if you have been a Christian for decades, that Jesus is able to do immeasurably more than all you can ask or imagine because of his power at work in you. And that impossible thing that you are pressing into, all those impossible circumstances that you are going through, and the need to continue to have faith. You are putting your faith in the one who is able. And even as you come at some point to the end of your days, or Jesus comes again, whichever is sooner, you will be able to stand and say, he has been able to keep me from falling and to present me before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. So I encourage you, if you have never prayed to the one who is able, that you put your trust in him now. But also that you, like me, turn this verse into a simple prayer from the heart to the one who is able. Yeah, and so what I'm going to do is finish um, praying for you. And I'm going to just pray this glorious prayer into your lives. I thank you, Jesus, that you are the one who comes close. You are God made known, God in person, God in the flesh. And even as we celebrate that in Christmas, we actually see it in our everyday life. And for those, Lord, I, I pray in deepest need and deepest despair, you are able you are able to make your light shine and your presence known. And for those who are growing up in you, transformed lives, you are able to spread out the depth, the height, the breadth and the length of the Father's love and the immeasurably more inheritance that belongs to the children of God. And you are able to keep us from falling and to present us without fault and with great joy. At the end of time, at the end of our lives, thank you. Amen.